Hi, I'm Adam Sanford. I'm an academic life coach and professor in Los Angeles. And I'm Dinur Bloom. I'm a college professor in Los Angeles. And this is Learning Made Easier, a podcast where we discuss how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. Welcome back to Learning Made Easier. This is episode 96, How to Write a Good Resume. Now, most of our episodes are geared at success while in school, but for many students, the goal is to do well in the classes, earn the degree or degrees, and move into the workforce. One of the skills students need to develop is the ability to write a resume and learn how to sell themselves to potential employers. In this episode, Denor and I will go over some basic ideas to include in a resume and ways of framing yourself, either based on your experience or the skills you've developed. We are leaning heavily on articles from ResumeGenius.com, and we will link to their articles and other tips in the show notes as we build on them for this episode. When you write a resume, you are selling yourself. And the best way to do that is to focus on fit. And this is advice that we give for grad school applications, but it also applies for the workforce. What is it about this specific workplace that helps you, other than the obvious answer of, well, they give me money and hopefully benefits? Now, where do you fit in? When they ask you, where do you see yourself in five years? They don't want to hear an answer saying, well, I'm working for your biggest rival. They want to hear about how this company is going to help you grow. Your goal is to get hiring managers to buy into what you're selling, which means you want them to give you an interview based on the way you present yourself. Your resume should always include the following five sections. It should always include your contact details, your name, phone number, your email, because how else would a prospective employer know who you are or how to contact you? You might want to write a resume introduction. Tell your prospective employer about who you are. Why are you interested in this job? How did you find out about it? You want to include your education, if you earned a degree, if you graduated with honors, any relevant work experience, even if it's part-time, you've developed workplace skills. And the last part are the different skills you bring. And these can be skills that you've learned from different jobs, but they can also be skills you've developed in the classroom. This includes time management, it includes working as part of a team, and it includes being able to communicate effectively. Now, once you know that these are the things that go into a resume, your first big decision is, how are you going to format the resume? Is it gonna be chronological? Which is really good if you have a lot of work experience built up. Is it going to be skills-based or functional, which is better for coming out of college? Or, are you going to do a mix, highlighting your experience, the skills that you're bringing from jobs, internships, and classes, or both? Now, in a resume introduction, most people use a resume objective. And these objectives outline your ambitions, meaning your goals, and what you seek to achieve in your career. And these are really, really useful for new college graduates, current students, job seekers with no work experience, and people switching careers. Along those lines, here's an example resume objective. Customer service representative looking to leverage sales and tech support experience to excel in a customer care role at your call center. 
My customer satisfaction rating and excellent typing skills will be an asset to your company. So here you're telling them, this is who I am. I'm a customer service representative. I am looking to use these skills and my experience. This is what I know how to do, sales and tech support. And here's what I want to do at your company, customer care role in the call center. And here are some things that will make me more valuable to you. I have a great customer satisfaction rating, and I've got excellent typing skills, which if you work in a call center, typing skills can be very, very important. And similar to grad school applications, we really suggest focusing on potential employers' needs at the start of your resume if possible. What does this company do? What does the position look for? What are the responsibilities? Where do you fit in with the company and with the job? How well can you fit these tasks? And how well do you fit in with the company culture? Now, resume summaries allow you to emphasize your achievements and how those accomplishments tie into what the company is looking for from an ideal candidate. And you want to show them how close you can be to that ideal candidate. So here's an example for a caregiving position. So you might say caregiving provided quality health care in a 20 patient ward, including daily monitoring, recording and evaluation. And then knowledgeable. You graduated Sacramento State Nursing Program with 3.9 GPA. Communication skills, interface daily with 47 team members concerning patient treatment, and empathetic commended three times for ability to deliver bad news to patients and their family members. So all of these things are things you would want if you've got somebody who's interviewing for a caregiving position, say with your uh, board and care home, or at your hospital, or in a hospice. These are all important qualities. For the education section, Unless you work in academia, meaning you want to be a professor, or you're highlighting educational accomplishments and honors that you've earned, your education section should just list your highest level of education and the name of your degree if you earned one. What this means is you do not have to include your GPA. Typically, when employers look at your records, they'll call a university to verify your attendance and they'll verify your degree just to make sure you're not lying about your qualifications. And when we say attendance here, what we mean is that you attended the school, not that you were always there, that you never missed a class. That's not what we're talking about. They don't check on that. All they say is, did this person go to your school? What degree did they get? When did they get it? Great. Thanks. Bye. That's literally all they're going to check on. For listeners who are not in college, only include your high school education if you're currently enrolled in high school or don't have a college degree. You can include your relevant coursework. Let's say you took a criminal justice course that really got you interested in policing. Bring that coursework in when you apply to that job. And you can describe relevant coursework that you did as part of your degree, but only if you have little to no work experience to include or the coursework clearly demonstrates why you and this new workplace are a good fit for one another. So, for example, I had a student who emailed me about two years after he graduated, and he had taken my gangs and adolescent subcultures course. He had applied to a county sheriff's office to work with their gang division, and he put on his relevant coursework paper written for gangs and adolescent subcultures class on ways to help younger gang members leave gangs safely. That's exactly what they were looking for. And so apparently the interview turned into, tell me about this paper. Do you have it with you? And of course he did. And he brought it out and he said, see, this is what I did in this class. And they said, this is exactly what we're looking for. When can you start? So if you have coursework that seems to be really relevant to the position that you're applying for, 
by all means, list it on your resume, but list it as paper written for blah, blah, class discussing thing, you know, in whatever, the, whatever it was, so that this prospective employer can see, hey, this person did a paper on how to get kids out of gangs before they get too deeply involved. That's exactly what we want. And that might actually be your foot in the door. If you've earned awards, include them in your education section, especially if you're a recent graduate. Graduating as a salutatorian, something like summa cum laude, that can be really impressive information to add to your resume, and it shows employers you're intelligent and motivated. It sends a lot of really positive messages to them. If you have work experience, you need to highlight it. What tasks did you do at your job or your jobs? What were the challenges you faced? How did you handle those challenges? Work experience shows hiring managers what you've accomplished throughout your professional career, and it highlights your expertise. And that is what they're looking for, knowing that you've done this before or done something similar or done something you can adapt into what they need from you now. To write an experience section that impresses recruiters, list the relevant jobs you've held with the most recent at the top. Under each job title, write three to five concise bullet points that demonstrate the skills and experience you developed working that job. Think of your resume as an advertisement of your abilities. Every position you list should include something that shows you're qualified for the job you want. As best you can, match what the job you're looking for is asking for with the things you've already done. There may not be a 100% perfect fit or overlap, but hopefully you'll be able to find some things you've done that you can bring into this new job. Now, when it comes to the skills section, hiring managers also want to find candidates with diverse skills. They don't want someone who's a one-note Joe who only knows how to do one thing and nothing else. So how do you figure out what skills you should put on your resume? Well, you will need to adapt the resume to each job that you apply for. Sometimes you'll put some skills on it that aren't there on others because the job is calling for this set of skills, but not that set. So hiring managers want to find candidates with diverse skills. So the first thing you need to do is look at the job listing for the position that you want. Typically, a job ad will mention the key skills that are required and desired for the position. Then you need to write a list of your own skills that meet those requirements, as well as any specific skills you have that would help with the job. And don't discount skills just because you learned them while you were working at, say, your grandfather's ice cream shop for one semester when you were 15. If you learned how to do customer service, it's still a skill. If you learned how to operate, say, heavy equipment, that's still a skill. Even if you only did it for a little while, it is a skill you have that others don't. Your skill section should have a mix of hard and soft skills. Hard skills are learned through specific courses or on the job. So things like a cashier learning how to operate a point of sale system. They include things like computer knowledge or knowing a foreign language or copywriting data analysis, certificates that you've earned, marketing skills, project management, cloud computing. All of these are hard skills. They are learned typically either in classes or on the job. And we'll include a Resume Genius article that goes into more detail on these. On the flip side, soft skills are more related to your personality, such as, you know, can you remain calm under pressure? And they include things like communication skills, the ability to participate in teamwork, adaptability and flexibility, you know, the ability to roll with the punches, problem-solving skills, creativity, 
having a solid work ethic, interpersonal skills like humor and diplomacy and patience, time management, leadership, and attention to detail. And we've also linked a Resume Genius article in the show notes that goes into more detail on those skills. If it's still unclear what to list in your skills section, these general hard and soft skills are applicable to nearly any job. And the first one is people skills. And people skills is a pretty broad term. It describes the abilities that allow you to inspire others and spread positivity. By contrast, interpersonal skills is a specific term that refers to your ability to communicate and empathize, meaning to understand other people's feelings with the people around you. So the two are not interchangeable. They deal with very specific types of emotions and types of responses you're trying to get from people. Now, leadership skills are another group of skills that employers are looking for. And these are the kinds of skills that will basically make people see what you want to accomplish, so your vision, and then also be able to inspire people to believe in it and then see it through to finishing it. And these are difficult skills to learn in the class. You have to learn them through practice, through basically you learn them by doing them. And so leadership skills are really, really important. Things like knowing how to motivate people and knowing how to maintain morale and even communication, knowing how to communicate a goal so that everyone knows this is the goal and this is my role in achieving it. These are all really important leadership skills. Now, for every one of these skills we're talking about, by the way, we are going to link to the Resume Genius articles, which all go into more detail on all of these. So we're just giving you an overview. Communication skills. These are vital people skills that allow you to accurately convey information, pick up relevant facts when listening to people, and give presentations to large groups. So those of you who detest speaking in front of the class know that this is one thing that employers do look for in the future. Communication skills are so crucial that Inc.com named them the number one soft skill employees must have. So being able to communicate is something that you need to make sure you have to be able to get hired somewhere. Going along with that are interpersonal skills, which are sort of how you do communication. And this is how we act when we're interacting with other folks. And these are also extremely important for employers. They don't want somebody coming in who can't interact with their coworkers, who can't get along with people. There's things like emotional intelligence. This is where you've got to be able to keep your emotions under control and be able to stay composed while you're navigating sometimes very confusing and complicated social situations. The ability to keep calm under pressure, that's part of emotional intelligence too. Communication, again, is considered an important interpersonal skill, not surprisingly. But here's another one, reliability. This is the idea that we can depend on you, that you're going to be on time, that you will show up for work, that you will do the things you're supposed to do, that you have a work ethic, that you have the integrity to see a problem through till you're finished with it. And that is a really important skill that a lot of people just don't even really think about. So these interpersonal skills are also amazingly important. Organizational skills. These are skills you need to make sure you don't fall behind on your work. They're the many abilities needed to prioritize tasks, manage your time. Listen to our episodes 12 through 16 for advice on that. <laughs> right. And deliver results. 
if it's clear you have them, your boss will trust you to complete tasks without looking over your shoulder. Now, another one is customer service skills. And although you might think that this only matters if you're going into sales or if you're going to be in the customer service field, there's also this concept called internal customers, where let's say that you work in accounting. Well, you have to produce reports to someone, don't you? Whether it's your boss or another department, that department or your boss is your customer in that case. You need to have customer service skills for that too. So customer service skills, of course, communication is a big one, but also technical knowledge. Like there may be certain customer service programs that you need to use. Let's pretend you're in a call center. There might be an industry standard that you need to know how to use this program when you're putting in their information, writing up their complaint, writing up the problem, putting in a ticket to get something taken care of. You're going to need to have those technical skills too, and that's part of customer service. Those interpersonal skills, again, that's really important for customer service, making sure that people don't feel like you're telling them to jump off a cliff, being uh, diplomatic, which has sometimes been defined as the ability to tell people to go to hell in such a way that they'll look forward to it. These are all important, important skills that you need to have in the customer service area. You might look at computer skills, and these are skills that can vary big distinction between them is whether these are software skills or hardware skills. Software skills involve using programs like Microsoft Office. So how good are you at Word, at PowerPoint, at Excel? Hardware, on the other hand, refers to the physical devices that need operating. So depending on what your job looks for and what your skills are, you want to highlight, I'm really, really good with software specifically these, or if you're going into IT, you may want to highlight how you're really good with both hardware and software. And finally, time management skills. And again, as Denor said earlier, look at our episodes 12 through 16. But some of the things that employers are looking for when it comes to time management include things like the ability to plan and the ability to schedule and take notes and delegate and remember things and coordinate. These are all just planning skills and they're all part of time management. There's also prioritizing. Remember when we talked about the Eisenhower box in the time management series that we put up? Prioritization includes things like setting goals, figuring out who's going to be accountable for what, figuring out how to monitor your progress on things so that you get them done, and decision-making. And there are some things about decision-making, like being able to be versatile, being able to persist, being able to reason things out logically, being able to do what's called lateral thinking, which is where you think about, okay, if I go out from what I need to do here, where are some possible solutions that may not be obvious? And analysis, the ability to analyze a problem and figure out what's the best decision. So all of these are really important sets of skills that you will need to put on a resume in order to get the attention of employers who want to hire you. And by the way, we've only given you a taste of these skill sets. In the show notes, we're going to link to the Resume Genius articles on these as well. All of these are skills that you are developing right now in your college career, managing various responsibilities in your classes, communicating with classmates and instructors, organizing your thoughts and work, managing your time, and much more. So that's what we have for you in episode 96. If you're finding this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. We're always hoping to get new subscribers so we can help more people. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Android. We're hosted on Blueberry.com. 
Also, we would really appreciate it if you wrote a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to join us next week for episode 97, when we'll talk about how to communicate with anxious students. You've been listening to Learning Made Easier, a podcast about how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. We want to say thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon who make this podcast possible. If you want to support us, please go to www.patreon.com slash learningmadeeasier. And we look forward to seeing you next week.